Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Doctrines of Salvation, Sermons and Writings of Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a three-volume set that was compiled by Bruce R. McConkie, the son-in-law of Joseph Fielding Smith. At the time these volumes were put together, Bruce McConkie was a 70 in the LDS Church. He would not become an apostle until 1972. But in this book, we are looking at what Joseph Fielding Smith had to say regarding the doctrine of salvation for the dead, vicarious salvation, as it's stated on page 183. And we're continuing our look at chapter 10, where he's talking about salvation for the living, which may sound a little bit confusing. But the whole reason why he writes this chapter, I believe, is because of page 184, On 184, he says, false notions about salvation for the dead and that salvation for the dead is grossly misunderstood by even many Latter-day Saints. So we are looking at what Joseph Fielding Smith had to say regarding this unique doctrine of Mormonism. As I said, we are looking today at page 183, where Joseph Fielding Smith states, it is the duty of men in this life to repent. Every man who hears the gospel message is under obligation to receive it. If he fails, then in the spirit world he will be called upon to receive it. But he will be denied the fullness that will come to those who, in their faithfulness, have been just and true, whether it be in this life or in the spirit world. And again, I think we need to explain what Joseph Fielding Smith means by this. This is under the subcategory, some not eligible for vicarious salvation. It's not that a Latter-day Saint cannot go to a Mormon temple and be baptized for whoever they want. They can do that. No one, as far as I know, is going to stop them. Though they've been told that there are certain people that they should not be baptized for, such as in the case of Holocaust victims. Now, if you're related to one of those Holocaust victims, there's no problem there. But you should not go and just be baptized for any Holocaust victim that you might read about, such as, let's say, Anne Frank. There have been people who have been baptized on behalf of Anne Frank. This got them in a lot of trouble several years ago. And so the Mormon Church has laid down some of these guidelines when it comes to who a person can be baptized for. Though people can still do it. There's really no policing of this that I would think would even be effective. But they're left up to their own whether or not they want to do that. But when he says it is the duty of men in this life to repent... That's nothing new. Mormon leaders have been saying that all along. But notice what he says. Every man who hears the gospel message is under obligation to receive it. And that's the point. Once 
you have heard the message of Mormonism, let's say you've had Mormon missionaries in your home or your neighbor who happens to be LDS tells you about what they believe regarding Joseph Smith, the restored gospel, things like that. Now you are under obligation to receive it. You cannot reject that message without some sort of eternal consequence to be borne out in that rejection. He says if he fails, then in the spirit world he will be called upon to receive it. In other words, when you die... If you were not a member of the LDS Church, someone will probably be baptized on your behalf in a Mormon temple. That will then give you the opportunity to hear, once again, the Mormon gospel in the spirit world, in spirit prison. You will then have an opportunity to receive it there. But he goes on to say, a person who may receive it in the spirit world is still going to be denied the fullness that will come to those who in their faithfulness have been just and true. So you can't imagine that you can hear it and reject it and then get the same benefit after receiving it in the spirit world as those who have received it here in mortality and lived up to that very high standard of Mormonism. Now, first of all, nobody is living up to that high standard of Mormonism, but still do not think that in the grand scheme of things, according to Mormonism, after rejecting it here in mortality and then embracing it in the spirit world, that you will receive the same reward as someone who accepted it and lived it here during this life. I wonder how many Latter-day Saints think that as long as they've done their best and they're trying hard, that they're going to be able to get to the celestial kingdom because of good intentions. How many Latter-day Saints are thinking that they can just do this work for their family members who don't receive the gospel in this life? And yesterday we told the story of Bruce McConkie in his Seven Deadly Heresies talk where he described a man who had a cigarette dangling from his lips, alcohol stenched his breath, and profane and body stories defiled his lips. And he told his wife, you're going to do the work for me anyway, so I'll just go ahead and take that work and have my free pass. This is the idea that I think a lot of Latter-day Saints think they can do for their relatives, but that is not what is allowed. If you've heard the gospel, according to LDS leaders, such as what we're reading here from Joseph Fielding Smith, that you're going to be denied the fullness. That is the celestial kingdom. That is godhood. That is being with your families forever. That's what we're trying to emphasize this week. Don't think that this is a get-out-of-jail card that is going to give you celestial kingdom for nothing. You have to do it in this life if you've heard of the gospel. And that's why Joseph Fielding Smith can say on one page that there's no second chance for salvation, as he does in the subheading of chapter 10, which is on page 181. But yet on 183, he actually uses the phrase second chance. But you must listen carefully to what he's saying. He says on page 183, second chance leads to terrestrial kingdom. Now, we've hinted to that in this series, but now we're going to talk about that. What does he say under that subheading, Eric? Moreover, we learn that those who rejected the gospel when it was offered them in ancient times, but afterwards accepted the testimony of Jesus in the spirit world when it was declared to them, and who were honorable men of the earth, are assigned to the terrestrial glory, not the celestial. Then again, we are informed that the wicked of the earth who do not repent in this life and who do not receive the gospel shall be assigned to the celestial kingdom. In that kingdom, 
they will become servants of the Most High, but where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come worlds without end. Eternal slavery, that's what it sounds like, the way it's described here in this paragraph. But let's go back and explain what Joseph Fielding Smith is trying to get across to his readers. If you rejected the gospel when it was offered to you during this mortality, but you embrace it in the spirit world, you will end up going to the terrestrial glory, as he describes it. That would be the second level of Mormon heaven. It is not the celestial kingdom. In the terrestrial, you do not have the opportunity to be with your family. You do not have the opportunity to become a god. You will not receive your own world in order to populate throughout eternity. And your offspring will not worship you as God, just as Latter-day Saints are now worshiping Heavenly Father or Elohim as God. That will be your assignment if you rejected it here in this life, but embraced it in the spirit world after someone has been vicariously baptized on your behalf. Now, the person who rejects Mormonism in the spirit world, let's say someone is baptized vicariously for an individual, and in the spirit world, they are visited by quote-unquote spirit missionaries after someone has been baptized on their behalf. They hear the same message as that other individual heard, but they reject it. They don't go to the terrestrial kingdom. They go to the lower level known as the telestial kingdom. This is where, according to Joseph Fielding Smith, they will become, and he has this in quotation marks, servants of the Most High, but where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come worlds without end. So a Latter-day Saint knows exactly what this means. If they were to be fortunate enough, to be good enough, to go to the celestial kingdom, they will never see those relatives ever again. But it works the same way with God. God really will never want to see them again either. He doesn't want to see them again as well. Uh, The last paragraph, Bill, that we're going to deal with in this series uh, is on page 184 at the very top. He says, all of these, however, will be called upon to repent. They will have to suffer the torments of the damned until they do. And through that suffering, they will be brought to repentance and to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Redeemer and the Son of God. Every knee must bow and every tongue confess, no matter which kingdom the inhabitants of the earth enter. Now, Bill, this is obviously talking about Philippians chapter 2. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so if you're in the celestial kingdom, you're going to have to acknowledge Jesus as being Lord. But the idea, Adolf Hitler had his work done for him in the London Temple back in the 1980s. He'll have the same opportunity that every evil person is going to have. They won't go to outer darkness. They will go to the celestial kingdom. And I've been told, I've read many times before, that it's not the worst place to go. It's kind of like this world. If you like smoky bars and you like the ways of this world, it's kind of going to be that way. You know, you raise a good point when it comes to the vicarious baptism of Adolf Hitler. Because you're right. He was baptized vicariously by someone in London. And yet, I've had Latter-day Saints ask me, well, do you think that someone like Adolf Hitler, if they were to embrace Christ right before they died, they could go to heaven? Now, wait a minute. Doesn't 
Mormonism kind of offer the same kind of opportunity, you might say. Maybe you get it a little bit differently, but still the, the ultimate end would be the same. If Adolf Hitler never heard about Mormonism, never heard about Joseph Smith, never heard about the restored gospel, as Joseph Smith himself said, if he was to embrace it in the spirit world, he would get his ticket into the celestial kingdom. Now, a Mormon might say, yeah, but he would have had to embrace it had he heard it. Well, you don't know whether he would have rejected it or not. Nobody knows that. You can only surmise. But it would seem like the opportunity would have been there just as much for Adolf Hitler as anyone else. So why would a Mormon seem to be so offended that the gospel of grace can forgive sins so heinous as the sins of an Adolf Hitler, but yet, according to Mormonism, an Adolf Hitler could receive the reward of celestial exaltation? I would say that's a little bit hypocritical for Mormons who find the doctrine of grace so repulsive. Now, granted, Hitler was a bad guy. There were a lot of bad guys. But if God chooses to save them, who are you to say no? Who are you to say that, really, you should be saved as opposed to anybody else? I think anybody who thinks that does not understand the seriousness of sin. And I think that's a huge problem, even within the Christian churches. We do not see the seriousness of our sin. And because we don't, I think sometimes we miss the glory of his grace. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.